Welcome to Emil Franzink's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. You know that is true, too. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzink's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander, Bunker to France here in Los Angeles. It is Todd Roberts. Yes, indeedy. Hello, gentlemen. Howdy. How are we today? We be, was a squeaker. We, we be just fine. barely got the on-air yeah, sign on. <laughs> barely got the on-air light on, man. Uh, our guest today, we were supposed to have Jim Lyles on, uh, the National Bareback uh, Museum, Riding Museum, no. but Jim uh, took ill, and um, we found out about that from a friend of his by the name of Danny Oaxaca. Yeah, Oaxaca. I'm, I'll, I'll screw it up yet, Danny. You already did. Uh, uh, give me time. I'll even make it even more. Mangle it more. Right? Uh, yeah. And so Danny's joining us by telephone. Welcome to the program, sir. Hey, thank you for inviting me. I'm our, glad to be on. Our pleasure. But before we get underway and talking with you, we've got some housekeeping stuff to take care of there. Well, I like to do kind of a birthday memorial thing here for folks that have importance to the show in the West. And I want to start out with a fellow that was born in 1951 on August 9th, Danny Ohako, our guest. Hey, today. how about that? Happy yeah. birthday, sir. And happy then, birthday. Happy birthday. He's a year older. And then on the 12th... Happy birthday. Yeah, on the 12th, uh, Sam, uh, Sam Fuller, was that was his birthday. And he was a good filmmaker, very interested in westerns and noirs. In 1909, on the 13th, Tris Coffin was born. 1899, on the 16th, Glenn Strange was born. You've done him a show on him, and oh yeah, one of our he's one of our favorites anyway. You betcha. In 1924, on August 16th, Fess Parker was born, hmm. and on that same day, but in 1930, Bob Culp was born. Well, how about that? That's all. The, that's all the guys I could bring into the world. All right, got anything else you want to talk about there? Wait, I don't want to talk about Danny. Okay, well, I got a. Uh, I have to find it now. End of summer schedule from um, the Mescal? folks over at Mescal. Okay. And I just have to find it. Here, here it is. Here we go. Oh, I've got a couple of Mescal. Films. Yeah, Mescal movie set. They're announcing their end of summer tour schedule. One is happening um, today. Well, that happened this morning. Uh, so forget about that. Um, coming up on uh, Saturday the 19th. Saturday the 2nd of September and Saturday the 16th of September will be some evening sunset historical tours. They'll be doing daytime historical tours on Friday, October 6th, Saturday, October 7th, Friday, October 13th, and Saturday, October 14th. And those will be daytime historical tours. There's four of them uh, happening. And the best way to find out about this is to go to MezcalMovieset.com and find out all about it. Mescal, it's where Marty Walsh was filmed. It's where... Danny worked out there. Danny worked out there. It's where uh, some of Tombstone was filmed. Uh, The Redemption Saloon from The Quick and the Dead is there. Uh, The Brothel, frequented by Frank Sinatra and Dirty Dingus McGee is out there. I frequented it. And... (laughs) The <laughs> bunkers frequented it. Um, and also in uh, Paul Newman's Jersey Lily in the life and times of uh, Judge Roy Bean. And I got two other Muscal things to right. mention. On the 21st and 22nd of uh, October, they're going to have a Civil War artillery demo. Who knows? That's a subject to not being a movie being shot there. And then on November 24th and 25th, they're going to have a cowboy Christmas out there. Well, howdy. That sounds like fun. Boy, howdy it does, huh? All right, Danny Ohako. You said it right. Hey, hey, I did. Uh, Bunker <laughs> Bunker tells me you are of Basque heritage. Talk about that. Yeah, uh, my grandfather immigrated uh, in 1899 wow. from, uh, from France. Um, and he was 14 years old. He had $20 in his pocket and landed at Ellis Island, got on a train and headed for t- uh, Phoenix. <laughs> and then and then uh, he worked there as a young man. And then he finally got enough money and, and he bought his own sheep. And then he started uh, running them around down there around Glendale and uh, and Wickenburg. And then he uh, he bought a ranch up in Winslow. And another one in Wickenburg, and that's when we started uh, raising cattle for over a hundred years now and sheep. Wow! 
In fact, I want to add to that because I, I just happened to read Kim's history of the of the Ohakos in the ranch, and you guys had at one time the largest sheep ranch in Arizona, and they were they had the largest ranch in Arizona before cattle. Yep. Well, now, how did the cattle people treat you guys? Well, back then, uh, you know, they everybody had their separate location, so it was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Okay. Uh, we didn't graze each other's land, you know, and that kind of stuff. So it wasn't like the uh, the, the wars down in uh, around Payson there. Yeah, the Dukesberries. Um, yeah, the Dukesberries. <laughs> anyway, um, my my grandfather started buying that ranch up there on Shovelin Butte, and he. He bought out about 12 different um, settlers there, that uh, homesteaders, hmm. and he put those uh, homesteads together and made a ranch, and then uh, it's been that way ever since. So it's been over 100 years we've been running cattle or sheep on that ranch, uh, never stopped. Hmm. And w when did it become the Four Seas? Well, the Four Seas was the adjoining ranch that my brothers and my dad bought. Hmm. And that was a, a whole different ranch, and they finally sold that one off. So we don't own that one anymore. Yeah, oh, there's a lot of history up there with you guys. You know, you know, you know I, 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 your dad, God, his history is so fascinating. You know, the war history, his history with the cattle industry here in Arizona, and you know, definitely a leader in in ranching in Arizona. He's the head of the Cattlemen's Association, all the other things. Let's talk about your dad a little bit because he just, I think, he's a hell of a man. Yeah, my dad, um, when he got out of the service, um, he told my grandpa that he was going to take over the ranch and he was going to change from the sheep business to the cattle business because the sheep business wasn't doing as well back then and the markets weren't that great. So he said, we're, we're going to get into cattle. And uh, and so he did, and my grandfather let him run with it, and he did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure, yeah. That was something else. I'll bet else. there were some conversations around the table oh. <laughs> about that. Tell us about how your dad met your mom, because that's a great story, too. Uh, well, my, when my dad uh, was in Germany during World War II and he got shot, uh, he got shot in the spine, and uh, it paralyzed him. Hmm. So they sent him back to the States, and he went to this recovery hospital in Auburn, California, and my mom was a nurse there. And... Uh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> uh, she nursed him back to health. Nice. It took about two years, but uh, he finally got on his feet again. I could walk, and uh, and and his spinal cord healed good because it was severed almost to the point where it was just barely hanging on. Wow! And uh, and then he married my mom and went went to the ranch. And a year later, my brother was born. So. They didn't waste any time. <laughs> and there's there's uh, eight of you all together. Wow. Yeah, and and they just kept popping them out. <laughs> yeah, and, you know that, that's what the, that's what the cow industry is about. You know, that's pr right. producing, <laughs> producing. Yeah. Are your folks uh, still with us? No, my my parents have gone on, uh, but uh, my brothers now run the ranch, and they're we're, they're getting up there, and so we don't know what to do. You know, when when they're too old to run cattle, so we're trying to get the younger kids involved, and uh, maybe maybe the next generation will take over. You're still going up for roundups every year, aren't you? I haven't been there in a couple of years. What? Uh, I did it. I did it a couple of years ago, but um, you know, being in Sedona and my wife was sick, and the whole nine yeah. yards were there for about a year, so I didn't do much. Well, you got my condolences on your loss there with your with your wife. Uh, I, yeah, I saw you. some pictures of you guys, and you looked like a great couple. Yeah, we we were we were good. And you you, you sold real estate together. That's a team. Wow. Yeah, we yeah. did. And and let me tell you a story. We uh, we got we put together uh, the wind farm that's on the ranch now. Oh. Uh, Seventy uh, generators so far, and I think they're going to get up to about eighty or ninety here in the next two years. Hmm. But um, we started that sixteen years ago. And uh, and just kept plugging away. Me and my wife, she was a broker, and then we got her brother involved. In he's a lawyer, so he wrote contracts for us. And then uh, and then this thing finally finally it finally went. And uh, they're producing energy now, and and they're paying us. <laughs> That's great. And and it's on it's it's on maps now too. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's huh? everywhere. 
Yeah. <laughs> no it's going to be the biggest uh, wind farm in Arizona. Oh, man. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'd be, I'd if we ever got us a hand glider, we could go up there and fly fly into them. I'd probably, the way I'd fly, I'd, I'd crash <laughs> into crash it. right into it and be yeah. severed. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's... I want to kind of jump ahead a little bit in time and future here. I got a little note here about 1970. Mustang Rodeo team won the inter, intercollegiate uh, first go-round of the year, and you were uh, representing Mesa Community College and won second in bareback. Is that one of your first uh, bareback uh, wins or bareback 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 wins, or do you, do you well, have a whole string of them before you got that far? No, there was a couple in high school, high school rodeos, junior rodeos, uh, but then then the college rodeos, and then and then the pros. Uh, I, I entered, I I started riding pro in 1973, and I rode professional for 10 years till '83, and uh, and then I retired from that and got into the movie business. Well, I would recommend to anybody out there that loves a rodeo to get Danny's book, Behind the Scenes Stories. Uh, what is it? Stories from the contestants. Stories from the cast and crew. Yeah. And then you did the other one from one of the movie days, uh, uh, another behind-the-scenes stories from the cast and crews. But uh, I'm just looking here, and I'm seeing, what is it here? Uh, oh, here we go. 1976, 1977, 1979, 1981, PRCA Circuit uh, Bareback Champion. Yeah, I won it six years in a row. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Describe how different it is to ride bareback versus on a saddle. I mean, it should be obvious. You mean like saddle or saddle bronze or just regular riding? Well, both, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, for those of us who, I mean, it looks (laughs) totally different to me, but uh, maybe it's not. Well, when you're uh, ride bareback horses, you're you're a lot freer. You're not you're not stuck in the saddle swells, the swells of the saddle. So your your legs just fly, you know, whichever way you can get them going, and then uh, that's how they <laughs> score you. Yeah, the wilder the better. Sometimes you know. Yeah. Interesting. I was looking up some stuff on Jim Wiles, and I was looking at some of the rodeo pictures that he has down here at the museum. And there's a picture of one of these guys, and I mean, when they're spurring, you know, you're High, 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 wide, and wild, but this guy's legs were straight out to the side. I mean, oh, wow. it was like it was like doing splits in the uh, air on the horse. Uh, yeah, it wow. was a wow, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. Yeah. Bunker mentioned uh, in passing when we were talking about you that you had did a Wild West show in Europe. Yeah, I did that. I, I went uh, to uh, France uh, okay. for a month, and we uh, we we. Did a couple shows a week there, and uh, for for thirty days, and then we came home. Uh, but it was fun, and and you know the bucking stock was pretty good, and, and it was a nice little fun outing, and it made some money. I, the reason you I didn't get stuck there, like most of the <laughs> shows over there. No, actually, you know they they had money to get us out. You know they got t- tickets, <laughs> uh, exit tickets. The, the reason I asked, uh, I was in Germany about that same time that you were over in France, and there was a a rodeo that came over to the city where I was and uh, put on their their rodeo and demonstration. It was an American rodeo. And somehow or other, I got rooked into uh, riding a bull. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, so I did it the first time, and I'm thinking, this isn't going to go well. But too late, I'm already out of the chute. And maybe two seconds, and I'm on the ground. Uh, I get up and say, hey, that was cool. Let's do it again. All right. <laughs> and so I did, and uh, eight, I, I lasted eight seconds. Well, uh, hell, okay. you're, you're a pro. I, I'm a pro, yeah, yeah. right. But uh, that that was my only experience there, and uh, yeah. They probably they probably put you on a mercy bull. No, the uh, I seem to remember them saying, and I don't know, it might have been the Cowboys just 
doing cowboy stuff and, and saying cowboy things, but they're saying, oh, this one's a real mean one. <laughs> yeah, right, right. They're all mean. <laughs> Got an attitude. Yeah, okay. really. So how, how, how much rodeoing did you do? Uh, for 10, ten years ten there, years, I, okay. I, I, I rodeoed the country, uh, you know, Canada, uh, all, all across the states, you know, wherever I could go. Uh, I never got to Florida, but, um, you know, I did most of the states west of the, of the Mississippi, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know, there's a picture of you, uh, one of those kind of pictures that guys like like to put under the under the table uh, from the Prescott Rodeo in 1975 and uh, you're on the back end of Necklace. Oh boy, that's a that's a hell of a picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hell yeah. of a picture, yeah. Necklace Necklace was a, a fam, famous rodeo mare that uh, was treacherous her whole life. <laughs> and uh, and she never she never get give you a, a, a clean shot or uh, anything. She'd try to bite you, buck you off, kick you, hmm. you name it. And if you can look in that picture, her mouth is wide open. She's wanting yeah. to bite me. <laughs> Sounds like some of my old girlfriends. <laughs> Sounds like some of Danny's old girlfriends. Yeah, or Todd Roberts' girlfriends. Uh, hey, Todd, you got any questions there? Well, I guess, you know, uh, what immediately comes to mind for me, Danny, is, is you know, when we watch rodeo on television, you know, uh, the superstars or the, shall we say, the head honchos are the most, the guys that get the most pressure, the bull riders. But a horse can kill you just as easily as a bull can, can it, can't they? Yeah, you know, I was in the arena. I had just gotten off my bucking horse and I was getting, welcome back to the shoots. And the next one came out and bucking and it flipped over right in front of me and killed the guy. And he was a good, he was a good friend of mine. You might know, mm-hmm. you might know the guy's name. I, I was looking at uh, again. I was looking at Jim Lyle's site, and there was a clip on there, and I don't know where the rodeo was. It must not have been a big one because you could tell by looking at the at the arena. But this uh, the, the cowboy that come out, he was a one-eyed cowboy, had a patch over the right eye, and he hung up. Mm. And I'll tell you, that was one of the worst hang-ups I'd ever seen. Wow. Yeah, you do remember? Did you ever see that, Danny? No, I don't think I've seen that one, but I've seen some terrible hangups. Yeah, that, that's not a good place to be. Hmm. I'll, I'll tell you a little story about a hangup. Uh, I was at Casper, Wyoming, and uh, I, I, I don't know what I did, but I did something wrong about midway into the uh, four seconds, eight seconds, and I slipped off, and I went down on the left-hand side, which is not the good <laughs> side to go down when you're a right-hander. Mm-hmm. So here I am stuck on my feet. And my hands up there, and this horse is bucking and kicking me in the ribs and the leg, stepping on my my ankle, and um, she's just taking off down the arena, just hammering me to death. And then she gets in front of the grandstands and heads for the straight for the grandstands, and I can see the fence there. And I go, she's got to go right or she's got to go left. And if she goes left, I'm gonna do a mount. Like a, a Pony Express mount, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept my feet, and she did. She went left, and I wow. vaulted up there, and got back on, and got my hand out, and got off. But my pants were torn, my shafts were torn. <laughs> my, wow. I couldn't get my boot off because my foot was swelling up so big. It was nasty. It was nasty. But boy, I, I managed to do the do the uh, Pony Express get That's on, cool. you know. That's excellent. You know, if you if you tried to do that as a stunt, it wouldn't work. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> I know you'd have to do it three times. You know? yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break here and uh, come back and talk with Danny more about uh, rodeo experiences as well as his work in films. Danny Oaka, our guest here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda, 
That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to help you when you're in need. To be considerate and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend. Partner. Child. Parent. Neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. This is the Voices of the West. Emil Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles, our guest, Danny Ohaka, he is a, uh, well, let's see, he's a, apparently so, <laughs> have you done supermarket openings, Danny? <laughs> No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, well, you've got something to look forward to. See, Bunker's done him a lot. You can get pointers from him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You, uh, you don't don't ride those little quarter horses, you know, little horses that are out They'll buck you off. Yeah, I got bucked off of one in Gallup. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And it didn't even have any money in it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah, All right, where are we going to go next? Uh, some more well, rodeo stories? Well, let's see. Uh, well, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about behind the scenes uh, stories from the from the, the cast rodeo. and crew. No, from, no, from no. the rodeo. No. The other book, second book. Yeah, um, what I did is is I I got all my friends to uh, write stories for with me, and then I I put some of my own stories in there too about uh, you know. Uh, adventures on the rodeo trail I called it mm-hmm. uh, Cowboys going down the rodeo trail you know it's a wonderful life uh, but it's uh, you know you're always alone and, and you know you're you're away from home eight six months out of the year and you're doing you know a hundred thousand miles uh, a year and getting on a hundred Bronx uh, a year uh, it's, it takes a toll on a man I'll yep. tell you well you drive straight through at night sometimes you, you've got a partner you're switching off uh, you're, you're grabbing bologna and white bread at the gas station. It's not like being up. in an episode of Rawhide, is it? No, it's no, no, it's not. <laughs> mushy, mushy didn't have the stew built up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you got? But what you got any stories about some of the bareback horses you've been on? Some of the, some of the ones that oh. stand out that you. I well, would not I got on. Remember. I got on one in Lovington, New Mexico, that stands stands out in my mind. Uh, it was his name was Billy Buck, and he was a big buckskin horse of Harry Bowles, and uh, and you know when you put your bareback rigging on there, it's like oh my god, it won't even <laughs> the cinch won't even fit, you know. It, it, it's like a it's like a hippopotamus, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, well, this this horse, I tell you, he. When they opened the gate, I mean to tell you, he was bucking. Hmm. And I, I've never been on a horse that was so strong and so 
bucking so hard, but I just kept clawing, you know, clawing. I, I wasn't making a pretty ride for sure, but it looked like I knew what I was doing because I was clawing. <laughs> and and uh, I just clawed my way to eight seconds, and then I went flying off. Wow. But I won, I won first, and, and I have to salute my hat. I don't think I can ever ride that horse again. <laughs> have you got? Have you got? A, is that the one horse you'd like to forget, or have you got one you'd like to forget? Well, that's uh, that's one I'd like to remember because it yeah. sticks in my mind. But uh, you know, there's there's a lot of horses like that one that I got hung up on. And he kicked the crap out of me. Yeah. But um, you know, I don't I don't want to remember him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Well, let's talk about the other book then. Oh, behind the scenes, uh, that the movies from cast, the cast and crew. That's a good one. Um, I got some nice pictures and stuff like that. Uh, people sent me pictures, and I put them in the book, and they gave me their stories. And uh, there's, you know, it's there's some from Jeff, yeah, uh, my brother. Uh, I wrote a few in there myself. Uh, well, you actually just, wrote thirteen. I, I I was tracking you. Oh really? Because <laughs> I, I got one. I got one story in there. I want to share with you. Uh, we were doing a a, a a show there in L.A. out by uh, um, Lake Sherwood, I think it was, yeah. out in that area. Real beautiful area. And uh, they had a uh, an estate that they were doing it. And uh, the girl that used to be on the uh, Bonanza, or one of those. She was the star, anyway, yeah. and it was called uh, Mafia's Wife. And, oh uh, yeah. Was, and we were riding in a helicopters, and we were the uh, terrorists. We were coming in with our machine guns. So we get it all set up, and and the director says, "Okay, now you guys get in the back, and then when when you land by the pool, get out on the skid, and then jump off, and then go to shooting." Well, we we go through the thing, and it's you know you can't hear that we. You can't talk to the pilot once you're going. So he comes down, he lands, I step out on the skid, and then he just takes off straight up. <laughs> now, the director must have said, go back to one. But, you know, I didn't I didn't hear nothing. And here I am out on the skid with no tether, nothing. Oh, my. And uh, and then when those skids, when they when you fly, you know, they, they move up because they're like on, on... Suspension. Yeah. And so I couldn't find that little step to get myself back into the deal. And I'm looking at the seat, and I'm holding on to the seat, and my face, his eyes are about eye level. And the other guy, Scudman, is right there looking at me, going, "What?" He's like wondering what I'm doing. Yeah, quit goofing around. Wow. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, I could, I was, I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I was frozen. Yeah. And, uh, and it took me, uh, breathing exercises and everything I could to keep make my foot go uh, and, and find that step and but once I found that step I was boom, I was in the in in the the cockpit again but man you talk about panic yeah that was the worst scary feeling I ever had in my life was that the blood valves the story of your mafia wife yeah, yeah. that's yeah, Jeff worked on it and that's the one Kath got hurt on wasn't it I may have I don't know we all worked on it I yeah. think that's the one where she was doubling the gown, supposed to take a car hit and roll over the top of it, and the guy was going a little too fast and whooped her off oh, the yeah. back. Yeah. She broke her face, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it pretty much stopped her uh, film career, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, after that, she was she was toast, yeah. So you finished rodeo, rodeo, rodeoing. Uh, you did 10 years of that, and then you moved moved into movie work how did that happen well i was i moved back to tucson after i quit rodeo and, and uh, there was some activity there i worked for a couple guys uh billy burton came in there with a movie called american justice and uh and then there was uh, a couple of tv shows that came in there and I, I was working but there was about three years there where it was pretty slow and uh and then uh, three amigos came to town in tucson and uh I was going to be an extra on there and be a bandito, you know. So I went out to the set that day to get wardrobe, and the stunt cutter coordinator came over to me, and he goes, he goes, would you mind if I asked you to step in for the stunt double? Because he's stuck in, in Hawaii on, on Kevin Costner movie. Uh, you know, they're way over budget, and he didn't know when he was going to come back. And I said, sure. 
So he said, go go down to wardrobe and get in, in Tony Plana's costume. He was playing Jefe on, on Three Amigos. And uh, I said, okay. So I got into the outfit, and I was a dead on double. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you also did a high fall on that one. It's, uh, it was, it was yeah, kind I played, of impressive. I played, I played Paco, too. Yeah. And, and they, they said... Since I was a stunt guy, they said, do you want to do a high fall? And I said, sure. Have you ever done one? No. It's not the fall that hurts you. It's the landing. <laughs> yeah, it's that sudden impact. <laughs> so this is the fun fun thing. I, I, I get up there on the, on the top of this two-story building, and, and there was no roof or nothing. They had a piece of uh, plywood there. So I, it was about three, three by three. So I had to climb up there and stand up. And then the director's way down in the in the courtyard there, and he's yelling at me. All right, Falco. He says, now fall off and fall off backwards. <laughs> so I, the, we had this little airbag was about 12 by 12, you know. Yeah. And when, then when you're up at 20 feet in the air, that bare airbag looks like a poacher's stamp. Yeah. Oh, it is. That's all the bigger. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so... I said, okay, I'll do it. And uh, and then I went, but I turned and looked my head a little bit so I could see where I was going. And he got mad. <laughs> he said, no, no, you can't look. You can't look. Oh, and so I did that four times. And one of the times, uh, Bobby Mack, Bobby McLaughlin, yeah. caught me because I bounced off the airbag and I'm headed for a, a saguaro cactus. He <laughs> caught me in the air by the collar. And dragged me back, and the reason was is whoever set the airbag up didn't left left leave the patches where the air comes out. Mm-hmm. They had them velcroed down so it wouldn't ex- oh, wouldn't ex- you know. Wouldn't suck and you so down. I I bounced off like a rubber ball. <laughs> wow! 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 Well, let me look here. Let well, look. look while you're looking, we're going to do our next commercial okay. break. I mean, you know, the, it's going by so quickly. It is. You know, it's, it's, it's that's what we like. We're talking with Danny Ohaka, and uh, this is Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts. We'll be right back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. I've been driving trucks for a long time. Safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. From Manolitos in jail in Nogales. I had heard he was wanted there for several charges. My son does not do things in half measures. That's the best thing. They're going to execute him. They have a firing wall set up. <sighs> I suppose I always knew he would end up like that. This is the Voices of the West. to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts with us, and our guest, Danny Ohako, and uh, he's a uh, rodeo guy, rancher, and a stuntman, and actor, and, and, actor. and in case you yeah, m- might be questioning why we play the uh, uh, High Chaparral theme there, uh, that's because 
DeFrance said so. <laughs> yeah, well, I, if I don't, then... I, I walk. Yeah. Um, that's, that's it. And, you know, you, you asked while we were on the break if Danny and I had ever worked yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And I know we did Little House. And what else did we work on? I know we did a bunch of stuff, but I don't remember which ones was which. They all run <laughs> together. Oh, Rambo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, we, that was... That was a... Oh, I made a ton of money on that one. I like Rambo. I'll tell you a little story about Rambo. Uh, Steve was there that day, too. And uh, he saw this in the uh, in the trailers when they, you know, show him after, after they... Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, um, we, we were playing Afghanistan guys, and we had machine guns, and we were mounted on our horses. And so we're charging, you know, the enemy, and we're shooting, and everybody's getting shot off, and things then all of a sudden there's loose horses in the middle of the uh frame of the movie and uh they weren't supposed to wasn't supposed to happen that way mm-hmm. but uh, i'm going with my group there's about six of us headed straight down the deal and we see to the left two three horses coming straight for us with no riders on it oh, no. and i go there's going to be a t-bone here mm-hmm. and and those horses somehow Everybody missed except me. <laughs> and I connected, this horse connected with my horse right in the front shoulder. Ooh. And I, I kicked my stirrups out, and away I went. And my horse went down, that horse went down, and I got flung out there about 20 feet into the sand pit. And I did a, a, head, a head over deal, rollover, came up, and I go, I'm not supposed to be here. What am I doing? So I just start shooting, shooting, and shooting, shooting. And then I run out. Of, I run out of bullets, and I go, "Oh no! I got to get killed." And so then I, I get killed. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. You know, it's ah. funny. you know it's funny because Danny's right on there. They they had a couple of hundred reenactors there, and I had just got through doing a saddle fall with I can't remember the guy's name. He was older cowboy. Uh, uh, roper and we both did saddle falls right so they wanted another shot of us just riding you know I guess to cut in right. so we, we go and we're riding at this burning tank mm-hmm. as just as we're just about to get there because we're going to split off one of them reenactors comes around and circles back around to go back where he started I hit him dead center <laughs> oh, we all you know we both went down I'm laying there and this guy's trying to sit up and I'm going stay down stay down stay <laughs> down <laughs> But yeah, they we and then we were doing. You remember that one shot there where they had all of us lined up in a line and we're we're charging the the Russians and all of it's like I think about a dozen of us all do a saddle fall at the same yeah, time. Yeah, at the same time. And I, so I'm, I'm I'm being smart and clever. I get way out on the left end. Mm. There's nobody. Yeah, on so my, you won't get run right over. Yeah, mm-hmm. nobody. Well, yeah. And <laughs> there's the there's the guy riding just behind me, and I said, you know, make. Make sure nobody rides over the top of me. Mm-hmm. He said, "Don't worry about it. He said, I'm one of the captains here. I'm in charge of all this." I said, "Oh, well, cool. I'm in good shape." Okay, we do it. I take my fall. <laughs> I never hit the ground. I hit the old horse. Hit me with the chest. Oh, rolled me up like a like a doodle bug, and he just rolled me over. And I could come up on the other side. You know, it's like Danny said. You know, you you go through these things, and you wonder how in the heck you you survive, but. I was thinking, man, I'd like to find that guy now. Is he supposed to be covering me? He yeah. covered me all right. So, Danny, so Danny i got to ask you a question here. Uh, how long have you known Bunker? I've known him uh, ever since the Tucson days, way back in the 70s. Yeah, it's been about 25 years or more. Oh, so, easy, yeah. Danny, please do Harry, no, myself, and please do Harry, myself, and the audience a favor. And tell us the one story or several stories that Bunker doesn't want you to tell us. Please. Please, Danny. Hey, I'm squeaky. I'm squeaky clean. I yeah. think not. Yeah. Well, I, I can't think of anything that, that, that he did that I could say, you know, made him look bad. That's for sure. <laughs> well, well thank, that's good. Thank you. That's well, very how about kind just make you. us laugh? Yeah. How about just make us laugh, well, Danny? How is this guy to work with? Well, he's, he's great, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll uh, tell him he, the truth. Yeah, he's a good horseman, so you know, whenever they wanted somebody to come in and and uh, slide a horse on his back heels and then get off at oh, the yeah. same time without falling off, you know, the, the, they, well, the they Ben Johnson Steve, dismount. 
yeah, they'd get Steve <laughs> to do it because he did it smooth as, as cake. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, there's a couple movies where, you know, he comes running in there just like these John Wayne movies, and boy, up to the house and pulls it up and gets off and runs in there and tells John Wayne, you know, what's happening out there in the back 40. Well, yeah, the, the there's a scene in uh, the Gunsmoke episode, Matt's Love, where he does that. He comes riding in, does the Ben Johnson dismount, and starts to tell Victor French uh, what's going on, and then all hell broke loose. <laughs> yeah. That well, was me. You know, Jack- that was you, yes. Oh, my God. Huh? <laughs> I got a still of that. I oh, even have the video of that's, that. Well, you've got a clip if you press the button, and he actually shows the ride in. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got well, more, there you go. I want more money. Ah, yeah, sure. There'll yeah, be a yeah. little something else in your envelope. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there you go. Yeah. In, in your in your stocking this Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, not only West, you did not only Westerns, but bunches of other movies. I mean, you mentioned Rambo, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, oh yeah, that was a good one. For you made a bunch of money on that one, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, you know, so talk yeah, about Who those. Framed Roger Rabbit was was uh, one of the best movies I ever did. Uh, I and I, I, it was just I got lucky because uh, my brother had they had called him in to be a double for Bob Hoskins, and and Bob Hoskins was the was the guy that starred in Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then Jim or Jeff went down there, and he was about four inches too tall, you know. And uh, he looks at he looks at Bob, and he goes, "Well, I know who's just your size, about your same build." And he went and told the stunt coordinator, my brother Danny, get a hold of him. So they called me that day, and I went down there, and man, another none one of those deals. I was a dead on double for him, hmm. and uh, and I got to do all that. Uh, car stuff on in the Benny car you know spinning mm-hmm. around those streets in LA cool and uh, and it paid a fortune because there was not very many cast on it there was about yeah. 10, 10 of us and it paid like fifty thousand dollars the first residual I got good yeah. yeah you filled your sock on that guy <laughs> reckon so I did <laughs> and I still do today it still yeah. pays a thousand or two a year yeah good isn't that sakes. amazing I, you know, I love that I, you know, it's like I remember one year, I was like Christmas time, I, was, I just moved out to California and I was going to go back home for Christmas to New Mexico and and I spent all my money and I'm thinking, God, I can't afford to go home. I got a residual check from Stars Born for a couple of thousand dollars hmm. and I gave my mom a good Christmas. There you go. Oh, man, that was great. Danny, you got 25 stunt credits according to IMDB, not that that's true or not. Uh, oh, yeah. more than that. And 16 credits as an actor. Way more than uh, that. Yeah, I'm guessing more than that, too. Uh, well, well, they don't give you the commercials there on that one. No. Uh, but I, I did I did 50, 100 commercials, uh, you know, in my life. Wow. And uh, that that made a good living for me on, on you know, residuals on commercials. Mm-hmm. I actually got my, my SAG card uh, doing a, a Miller beer commercial. Uh-huh. And, uh, and and that one played during the, the Super Bowl that year, so oh, it paid yeah. really good, too. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. I, I remember one one commercial that we did down here, and Joe, that's Danny's brother-in-law, Joe Massengale, had the, had the lead part in the commercial. It was a Boone's Farm thing or something like that. And everybody everybody made good money on it. And we were looking and we're thinking, man, we're going to kill them on residuals. They never showed it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, never. Yeah, on spec. <laughs> yeah. Is there a favorite movie of yours uh, doing your stunt work and then a favorite movie of yours doing the acting work? Yeah. Uh, stunt work, I doubled Al Pacino on Dick Tracy. Mm. And uh, that was a, a great part for me because I worked for three weeks you know there at Universal Studios at night shooting those scenes in the wheelhouse you know where there's big fight oh, cool. uh, and uh, and Al was a, a, and there's another deal I sit in the chair and Al and I were a head-on double man a perfect mm. perfect perfect match yeah. wow. well that was it was heist wasn't it uh, Billy Burton oh okay yeah 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 I'll tell you, yeah. you know, you you were a good double for a lot of people, you know. Well, you know, everybody says that you're, I was too small to be an actor, but all these actors are my size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it looks like Dickie Drown, you know, the stunt run. Well, now, yeah, Bunker. He made, he made a fortune doubling uh, 
uh, Dudley Moore and and uh, all the Mickey Rooney guys, all those guys. He he worked. He had good had a better career than I did. What was the hey? I got a good story with Monk there. Uh, what was that um, movie that you went into the pool and you got caught in that oh, pool cover and all those weapons? Germs? Oh man, that was a scary one. I don't know how you did that. A lot of breath control, you know. I, I, yeah. That was that was the that was the stunt that I thought was going to make me famous, because you know they were doing the stuntman awards, and they, uh-huh. they did them for two years on TV. And I was going to nominate myself for water work, and I'd found out that nobody had, had nominated themselves, so I would have been a slam dunk winner. Yeah, they, they didn't do the show. Well, in, in, in terms of talking doubling, perfect doubles, Bunker doubled, and I can't remember the actor's name, it was with Robert Mitchum, that movie. Um, mm. uh, young Billy Young. Young Billy Young. I tell you what, and I, for life of me, I can't remember the actor's name. It was, uh, Is it Robert Walker? Yeah. Bobby Walker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he looks just like him. And you see them riding, and you can't really tell who is who. You know, and he couldn't yeah. wear his black hat, so couldn't tell if it was Bunker or not. <laughs> yeah. And it was old uh, Dave Cass chasing me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, G- good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's look at some others. Well, you got. Um, oh, go ahead, Dan. Here, here's one of my acting roles that I really enjoyed doing with Robert De Niro in Heat. Um, I played a, a, a detective there, and um, towards the end of the movie, when he's going to the airport there he goes up and tries to kill the guy that betrayed him and uh, he does kill him rather mm-hmm. and then i come in behind him as a cop lapd say stick up your hands over your head you know mm-hmm. and he turns around with his flashlight and beats the tar out of him. <laughs> and and i'm down in the hallway and that was it that was my big shot with de niro <laughs> yeah. oh, wow Oh, well, while you're thinking about that, we'll just go ahead and take our last okay, commercial break. Here on Abel Francie's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you, Daniel Hawk is our guest. Oh, we'll be right back. I know what it was. <laughs> Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tank of in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at Voices of the West.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats, but did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. 
And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to help you when you're in need. To be considerate and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend, partner, child, parent, neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. A hat may cover an ugly map, kid, but a whole state couldn't cover a reputation like yours. Someday you won't be able to hear about my reputation. This is the Voices of the West. There's a rolling prairie and an old corral at the end of the canyon trail. There's a range boss waiting with a howdy pal at the end of the canyon trail. We're back on Emil Francie's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. I cannot go a show without playing some Ray Whitley. I'm sorry. It's good that you do. <laughs> yeah, man. Anybody that doesn't Ray Whitley can't be on the show. You know, yeah, he so good. Uh, that's the movie, for, uh, or the song from the movie Dude Cowboy, Tim Holt, 1940. You watched and that yesterday. I did. And the uh, drop that you heard was Kenny Duncan as the Mesa Kid going up against Tim McCoy, who true. was uh, Trigger Tim Rand. Yeah. And, uh, well, we all know who won that one. <laughs> Danny O'Hawk is our guest here on Emil Francie's Voices of the West. Few more moments uh, left in the show. Go ahead. Well, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a western here that Danny did, and uh, he had a pretty darn good part in it. It ran through the length of the movie. Uh, it starred four girls, but uh, Danny was one of the bad guys that was giving the, the four girls a hard time. It was called Bad Girls. Ooh. Got any yeah, memories of that one? Yeah, Bad Girls was fun. Uh, it was a great shoot down there in. in uh, Texas, uh, and uh, one of the best scenes I got to do when I got I got killed, but uh, I, they had a Gatlin gun set up, mm. and uh, I had to fire the Gatlin gun and crank that thing oh, and cool. shoot shoot everybody up. And man, it was wild. Yeah, you know that 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 thing is is powerful, mm-hmm. and those blanks they have in there are are, are serious. <laughs> yeah, they they certainly are. But fifty caliber, I think. Yeah. Exactly, fifty caliber. I did yeah. a pastel painting of Danny in front of the mission there, firing that. Oh man, I would love. Did I give you, did I give you a copy of that? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, I'll have to. I would love to shoot a Gatling gun. That is so much fun. Especially if you had a target. You know, well, I yeah. Well, well then, I know, Danny. I know, I know a few liberal Democrats <laughs> yeah, I, I like too. to practice on. Oh, now here we go. Here we go. So, Danny. Uh, All the reason I said that Danny, is because you, Danny. Danny uh, I said that in honor of Danny. <laughs> Danny, why don't you uh, share a story about my good friend James Russo working with him on that? Oh yeah, I worked on a couple movies with him. Uh, he's he was he's a good actor, uh, and he plays a, bad, a mean bad guy. That's for sure. Um, there, there was that home uh, uh, range movie with uh, Kevin Costner, and he, he played really a bad guy there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, he, he played the he sheriff. Good, yeah, and uh, and I doubled him on a, on one movie too. So we were about the same size. So uh, yeah, that was a good Hollywood connection. Well, what about Back to the Future, Part 3? That's right, Trey. (laughs) Yeah, Back to the Future, Part 3. I got hired on as a a stuntman, and we went up to uh, Monument Valley, and uh, and it was the scene in in the movie where the Indians come out of the driveway movie theater and chase the... uh, DeLorean, whatever it was, into a cave, you know, and we're all going wild and crazy and hooping and hollering and stuff. And uh, 
it was great. And then, uh, and then, and then we'd, we'd change scenes, and I'd get in an army outfit, and then uh, then we'd chase the Indians over the same hill, you know, going the other way. <laughs> and then one of the one of the times when we'd come over that cave, and uh, my horse stumbled and went down, and like uh, Bunker said, everybody behind you is going to run over you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So what happened, this is another one of these impromptu acting things. Um, I hit the ground running, and I just was running and running and running. <laughs> Nobody was going to catch me. <laughs> like the coyote and the roadrunner. Exactly. I didn't have no horse, but I was still going. <laughs> well, Danny, you made one of my favorite westerns of all time, Comiger. Do you have any stories from that with Sam Elliott and Catherine Ross? Oh, oh yeah, man, I, I got a good one. Um, Conniger, I was playing the bandito or bad guy when we were going to rob the stage and uh, I, I was supposed to come to the stage and, and get off and, and open the door and say everybody give me your money you know? well the director says okay now when, when you leave, go to leave, make your horse get kind of skittish you know and so I said okay so I, I kind of got him in a circle and I whipped him around a little bit then I went to get on and I flung my foot over and something went wrong and he went to bucking. And I got my foot halfway over and I go, shit, I'm gonna go for head over heels here. So so I said, okay, I'll just take the fall. And I went to go for the somersault deal again, you know, tuck and roll. And I hit my face flat on the on the hard packed ground Ouch. because my foot was oh. still in the saddle. Ouch. Uh, it, it got hung up in the, in the blanket, my spur rail. And so this horse takes off down the creek and I'm dragging, bouncing around, and I'm going, shit, I'm going to get killed. And I'm looking for a wrangler or somebody to come rescue me. It ain't going to happen. And so we finally get to the place where there's big boulders, and the horse is bouncing me around, and I just pop loose. And I'm okay. And I look down, and my spur uh, strap broke. And that saved my life. Was that the catapult story in your, in your book? Um, I don't know for sure. <laughs> oh, well, no, that was it. the hang-up story. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, so question here. What was better for you to do, a stunt or bareback bronking? Well, <laughs> the, 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 the stunt business paid a lot more. Okay. <laughs> hey, you, you, you get no residuals from riding the Yeah, bareback. I guess not. I guess not. Just and uh, But I got hurt doing the stunt stuff, too, and, and the rodeo stuff. But, uh, you know, at least you had a doctor to take care of you on the set. Uh, yeah. And then you got residuals after a couple of years after that. So it made the pain a little bit less, you know, hard. <laughs> All right. We're almost out of time here, Danny Oaxaca. What, what's, uh, shame, it's time for shameless promotion. Uh, what's going on? Well, um, yeah, somebody go out and buy my book on Amazon.com. Uh, behind the scenes and uh, behind the shoot. All right. Yeah. What else? Wow. Uh, you're, you're, you're retired from the movie biz? Yeah. Right. I'm retired. Um, I still got my agent down here, but I haven't had an audition uh, in, in a while, so I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. And uh, real estate? You retired from real estate as well? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not retired totally, but um, I have a couple of rental properties that I manage. Okay. And uh, as far as ranching, you're still doing that, right? Well, uh, my brothers and I are, are, I do own some cattle up there. Yeah, I'm doing it. All right. Partners. What a, yeah. what, what a great life, man. What a great life. He's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've gone full circle, I'll tell you, and, I, and I'm still alive. <laughs> That's what I do. I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is I go in the bathroom and look in the mirror, make sure it's still me. I'm still, I'm still breathing. <laughs> There might be somebody else. And if the mirror don't break, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Danny O'Hawke, thank you much for joining us for this hour, man. Great stories, great stuff. Uh, would love to meet up with you sometime. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that we will. We will. Yeah, come on down to Tucson and, and we'll do so. Oh, Next, I was just going to say, it's been great visiting with yeah. you and going over old times and whatnot. And, uh, we'll have to do this again. Next time we get yeah. together on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West is next Saturday, the 19th. And uh, we have a pretty doggone good guest, we do. Mark Mejia. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, Mark Mejia. He Go is of uh, Baron's Hats and is a hat maker. And we're going to find out more about that next time on Amal Frenzy's Voices of the West. 78, 79, 80, So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.